0: What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Game Diaries Podcast. I'm Michelle Morrow. And I'm Miss Harvey. How are you, Michelle? I'm good. I'm doing really good. Um, yeah, this has been a crazy week in gaming, hasn't it? Like there's still been a lot that's been going on. Like from playing games to the game awards to games coming out. I feel like I feel like this was a busy week.
1: Yeah, it was. Um, actually. I feel that you've, no matter how busy the week was, I feel that you only played WoW.
0: I did. That is true. I only played WoW. I played like a tiny bit of Hearthstone and a little bit of Animal Crossing, but mostly it was World Warcraft. (laughs) We had to get ready for the raid. Like raid week was this week and the raid drop, Castle Nathria. It's like, hands down the best raiding experience since Lich King. It's so much fun. um, And the raid is really cool. It's like this... um, for those who have played Warcraft, it's like Karazhan, which was this cool haunted house thing that I loved. It was like my favorite raid back in the day uh, meets like um, I don't know. It's like a vampire. It's like the Haunted Mansion at, at Disneyland. It's like you walk in and there's actually like a ballroom of vampires like dancing in the sky. It is so cool. <laughs> yeah. But we down three bosses, which is huge right now. Like this is a like the hardest day one raid um that's ever released pretty much uh for at least in a long time for a while so the fact that we've got three down was like a really big deal so I had to like bust my ass to gear up and luckily like my guildies totally carried me (laughs) and got me got me enough gear so that I would be I would be ready but yeah it's 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 been a lot of fun we've been having a lot of fun with it what about you did you play anything
1: yeah cyberpunk came out um that's right mm -hmm. so I played a little bit well I didn't look at any trailer. I, like, I had no idea what to expect. I started, yeah, yeah, because, I mean, I've played the cyberpunk um, dungeon game, Mm -hmm. a role-playing game, right? Right. Uh, And I know about the universe and everything, but I've never actually, like, got into the whole game series that's happening right now. So I was just, you know, riding the wave, bought the game, downloaded it, and then I started it, and it's freaking Fallout, Michelle. I don't know if you've played any of the Fallouts. Fallout series? Yeah, yeah. It's like Fallout to me. It's like a better version of Fallout. It's like actual animation that makes sense. Because uh, Fallout was always like... You always forgave Fallout because you thought that the world was so crazy big, yeah. and you're like, it's okay that it kind of sucks graphically, and that yeah. the characters are like robots and whatnot. You're yeah. like, it's okay, it's okay. <laughs> but Cyberpunk is like a regular game, so it's like even it's like as good looking as Assassin's Creed, if if not better looking at some in- instances. But it's like foul out. Like you have choices and you have like factions and you're doing like a bunch of open world quests that that are like crazy. I probably procedurally regenerated because they seem to be infinite, you know. So there's a lot of things over there that I'm impressed. Uh, I like like when there's a lot of choice in the game. Like there's stuff to go do. That's what I really like. It's stressful. I've only played like three hours and they say that the tutorial is like six. So I've only Whoa. played the, yeah, three hours. It's a long and ass tutorial. Yeah, I, I, I guess it's like the tutorial of your faction because you pick like right at the beginning of character creation what faction you're in. Um, but Max here, he's playing it right now. He's like super deep in. Uh, like he went to bed at 3 a.m. And for those who knows, wow. Max is like the responsible one that's in bed at 11 so so it's like pretty pretty intense for us to be in that station where he's really into cyberpunk. So um yeah, no, I like it. I like it, but there's so many games that came out. I just it's like a perfect like time
0: right now for Christmas. Cyberpunk to come out. Yeah. Like we're going to be, this is actually our last podcast until hiatus. Oh, we're yeah. going on hiatus for a few weeks. So we're going to have a lot of time to
1: play games. <laughs>
0: like, Maybe I'll start cyberpunk during this time too. I'm super, Are you guys playing super on PC? excited.
1: Yeah, we're playing, we both bought it on PC. So that was a good chunk of money. I uh, like, I think it was 80 bucks Canadian. So it was like a good, like, i got all 160 bucks just because we want to play at the same time but it's available everywhere but also i think you can buy it on good old games so let's say you and your husband could would want to play it you can buy it on good old games it's their platform it's uh uh the companies uh the production wait the development team from the development oh, yeah. team from um, Cyberpunk owns uh, goodoldgames.com. So you can like... So you can like, Project Red? Oh. Yeah. So you can buy it from there. And then I think you can, like, you and your husband could play it um, with one copy on the PC. I think that's the way to do it. Is
0: there any multiplayer in it? Or is it just all single?
1: Right now it's only single, but they kind of teased multiplayer. But to be quite frank, with the amount of time that this one was uh, delayed, I wouldn't like... I wouldn't say, like, even if they said it in six months, the multiplayer is coming, it could be a year. Yeah, uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. So I'm not really counting on multiplayer at the moment, but eventually, potentially. So it's also something you might want to consider, buying two copies in case you want to play or just multiplayer together. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mostly because...
0: He, um, I think it's a game he would really like. He's never played any of that before. And I think, uh, I think it's something he would really enjoy. Maybe I will get it for him for a Hanukkah gift because today is like day two of Hanukkah. So usually I like, usually I go out and I get him stuff for every like day. Like I'll make him. Just Cute. stupid stuff like like underwear from like MeUndies or you know, but I can't order anything to the house because he'll see it first. So maybe um, a copy of Cyberpunk is a good idea because he will not, uh, he can't open, he can't. Yeah, see that.
1: Like, it's it's pretty cool. Um, I've been playing the game like you play World of Warcraft, so yeah. I'm like reading every Non-stop. single thing and I'm like not skipping any cinematic and i'm like yes. i don't even skip like the ride in the car like i'm just like Go a passenger ahead. and i'm looking around the city like you know so i'm taking my sweet ass time in a game that's gonna take me hours you should <laughs> take your time enjoy it like that's what
0: the developers want right they built this rich world yeah they want everybody to enjoy it. oh like one thing
1: like i have to warn everyone at home uh it's pretty heavy and demanding on the computer it is not optimized at all. So if you don't have that good of a computer and you own the new the new gen consoles, you should probably get it on consoles. Uh if you're a PC master race, then yeah, get it on the PC. But like we have top of the line PCs that we bought in 2020. Yeah. And he's barely, still- barely running 60 FPS. And I'm trying to stream it at the same time, and my Ooh. CPU is overloaded. Like, it's written Ooh. 100%, even everything at low. So
0: wow. it is
1: kind of poorly optimized, like Isn't there a thing, too, with um,
0: streaming? I was reading, like, there's a – you can't – you have to be careful with streaming the music in the game, right? Yeah.
1: So, so the AI, the first like... game that I know of that they have an option – you're a streamer, you can activate that option. And then all oh, the music in the game is going to be DM, DMCA free. Um, this Yeah. So, you know, crossing fingers. Because yesterday or two days ago on the day of release, they said that they forgot a song in that thing and they would patch it. So it wasn't 100% DMCA free. But anyway thing is like that the whole thing is a panda or a box when it comes to that it's pretty scary Mm -hmm. that twitch in 2020 still hasn't found a solution for yeah uh, dmca i'm like super that's going to be like the first of that's going to be this
0: this problem but next i i think at least the next problem they're going to deal with is going to be wiretapping and child privacy laws because if you're talking on stream if you're like in a in a group with somebody like a multiplayer and somebody is broadcasting your voice without permission in some states is completely illegal and if you're under a certain age that's like what um alexa is dealing with with amazon they're in a Mm. huge lawsuit because kids would use like the echo dot in their bedroom but if they're under a certain age amazon's not allowed to record them so there's a big lawsuit that's going on for that too It'll be interesting to see in the next couple of years sort of like what Twitch has to deal with, with all these broadcasting regulations and whatnot, like streaming music. I mean, nobody ever really thought it was a thing until you're realizing, wow, that's actually going out to millions of people. Yeah, I
1: think I think that Twitch here. I don't know. okay, so we're not behind the scene. Like we all have friends at Twitch, but honestly, the yeah. legal aspect of it, even our friends that work at Twitch are like not really in the loop. Uh, but yeah, like for me, this is why I talk about this in the media all the time. Right now we're in a reactive society that mm-hmm honestly these are the these are some problems that we should have known better and right now we're all asking for forgiveness and like trying to make things but to be quite frank i doubt that twitch wasn't aware about dmca they just like kind of didn't want to deal with it until it exploded um same goes for what you just mentioned about recording others and whatnot i think that they are piling on the fact that they're multi-billion dollar industry now and they're going to get away with some and try to forge the law around their platform yeah. but i think you're right me, it's kind of like
0: that old um facebook motto that yeah. was move fast and break things they didn't really care about what the regulations were they just wanted to get it done and maybe they'll figure it out later you know yeah because yeah.
1: because mm-hmm. right now right. you don't want to shut down twitch if you're no. anybody yeah. in the world you don't want to shut down twitch no Mm-mm. but at the same time like ah. anyway need some fixing need some fixing yeah yeah i'm (laughs) with you i'm super upset about these kind of things um i know it really really pisses me off that we're still in 2020 in a proactive in a reactive environment instead of being in a proactive one
0: yeah i agree with you we really are um on another
1: topic yeah did you watch the game awards at all no oh yeah let's talk about this it put me some uh give me some some scoop what happened the game awards were
0: last night and okay. um it was pretty much a last of us like sweep last of really? us really that took home like every award like game of the year um everything i mean any big big award action adventure game um let me see here what else it took um best performance uh laura laura bailey got it as abby in the last of us two um I mean, it took home so many awards. It was crazy. Best Art Direction, though, went to Ghost of Tsushima. Um, and Best Action went to Hades. Uh, but Best Narrative went to Last of Us 2. Um, best Multiplayer was Among Us, which totally deserves it. Um, That's so random. That's a game that came out in 2018. Did it uh, really come out in 2018? Yeah interesting that that would win for 2020 i know i'm so
1: confused i I don't understand games awards still i think that i nobody does yeah okay (laughs) good nobody does it's such a weird like hype award more than like i don't know i agree with you it is a hype
0: award it's like it's kind of like popularity and a lot of yeah, you know, right? Yeah, okay. It is that it? Definitely is that. But like my friend is the one who puts it on um, Jeff Keeley. Yeah, I think he does a great job with it. Um, and it was good to see how they um changed it a little bit this year because of COVID. People can't. I've I've gone in person to the Game Awards several times, and it was
1: Ooh.
0: cool to see them because it it's here in LA. But like the. It was neat to see like how they had to kind of change it because of, you know, their production value was still fantastic. Um, but like when people were accepting the awards, it was really cute. There was one, I think it may have been for narrative for Last of Us. Um, the guy was like sitting in his house, in his in his house, and then outside the window was another girl and she was like, Hello. And he's like, This is my this is my coworker and she's also my neighbor and she's just like standing outside. It was funny, you know. Or they had like <laughs> a team together like three people and then like someone on a phone like they were like on the phone facetiming or whatever video call on a video it was so meta and weird but
1: we should teach them about uh the obs virtual camera so that they can have have multiple cameras they should have actually (laughs) actually that would have been a good
0: idea um best esports team went to g2 Oh um, wow! What a coincidence! Wink, wink. And, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think that was a hint for yes. for the, our story to our diary yes. entry today. Uh, best esports host, what a shocks! Oh yeah, um, she's amazing. Yeah, uh, she does like a lot of League of Legends stuff for those yep. that don't know.
1: Best Earned esports team. are oh, my favorite! I think machine, oh, machine was.
0: Machine last. was up as well for best okay. esports host. Yeah, 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 Nominated. Amazing. So was Golden Boy. Um, someone named Dash, who I don't know. And oh, yeah, he's Shriever. League.
1: Oh, Sheever. Yeah. I'm hosting. Well, I'm not hosting. She's hosting the Dream Act Showdown next week, and I'm on the desk. I saw ooh, that. Ooh,
0: ooh. How fancy. <laughs> First I time I,
1: I work with Sheever. That'll be great. She's from Dota, oh. too.
0: Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, best esports game went to League. And best esports event was League Worlds 2020. Uh, I mean, what else was there in 2020? Yeah, actually, yeah. Uh, Call of Duty was up. Um, Rainbow Overwatch Six, League. I guess. Uh, I am Katowice. Is that how you say it? Katowice. Yeah. Katowice. I've never known how to. Katowice. Um, best esports coach went to a CSGO guy, Danny Zonic Sorensen. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Astralis, uh, best esports athlete went to heo Showmaker Su, a League of
1: Legends. Oh, okay, that p- probably is from Korea or EU. Probably Korea or Ch- Chinese. Not a
0: creator went to Valkyrie. I think
1: that's oh! a girl. Ray, she's amazing. She's from a uh, hundred teeth. Okay, cool. She yeah, she, she oh, exclusively signed with YouTube this year, so she swapped to YouTube. Wow. And like, Michelle, like, four months ago, she got like her whole time peak concurrent viewers at 20K, and then now she has 100K wow. every day. Wow. Yeah, That's like she, crazy. she was already top tier, and now she's like, Pew.
0: Way up there.
1: Yeah. That's why I've heard of her. Um yeah,
0: so there's there was the Game Awards. There was a lot of really great um really great great categories and they did a lot of world premieres too. Like like always. Like it, the Game Awards is always like world premiere, world premiere, world premiere w- award. World premiere, world premiere <laughs> award. Like it's like way more like marketing, but but it's a good thing. Like I was most excited for um Ghosts and Goblins. They're doing a uh, a remake of that game. It was Okay. They played it. So it was basically and I people who have played it might agree. It's basically like the first Dark Souls from like 1986. It's it was on uh Nintendo, but it's the hardest game. Like people still to this day talk about how difficult of a game that was. Really? It's okay. Like, it's stupid. I actually have a piece of artwork from it that that is it says die a thousand times in your underwear. Where because you you're a knight. And you get one hit and then you're just running around in briefs, like tidy whities like trying to save the princess. <laughs> it's pretty great. That does sound like Dark Souls and Demon's It's impossible. <laughs> it pissed it me off. So I time. hate the game. <laughs> yeah. And when I played Dark Souls, I was like, this is as bad as Ghosts and Goblins. Like, why would I play this? Like, And I quit Dark Souls on like the first boss. Like that first Yo, like, mini guy that you made.
1: I quit. I think it was... Who came first? Demon Souls came first, right? I think so. Okay. So I quit Demon's Souls in the... F- Freaking tutorial, Michelle. I was, I got stuck one eye in <laughs> the tutorial. It was like a graveyard. I couldn't get out. And I was just like, fuck this game through my controller. We never played again the whole series. I don't, controller. I don't want to hear any of it. Okay. I don't care if they got better or they got worse. I don't care. This is the series I'm never touching again. Amen. Oh, Amazing. la la. In the Amazing. tutorial. It wasn't, have you
0: have any of you guys quit during a tutorial let us know because that's <laughs> that's legit that's when you know it is a hard game yeah and um, it was the
1: old school tutorial not like the new ones where it's integrated and it's part of your experience no no it was like this is like super easy. Just get out of this room and then start like roaming around and I never got out of the fucking room. Oh, oh my god. Oh
0: my god. That's crazy.
1: <laughs> All right, guys. We're gonna take a
0: quick 30-second uh, break and then we're gonna come back at you with our diary entry of the week.
1: Welcome back to The Game There is Michelle, it's my week. It's your week. I'm so excited for your diary entry. Today, I want to talk to you. I'm, I'm not going to jump much. Oops. I'm just jumping right in. Today, I'm going to talk to you about Carlos Ocelot Rodriguez Santiago. Yay! Yay. And Ocelot uh steam yep. just at the game awards esports theme of the year so it's pretty hype g2 and you know there's a lot of things that i'm going to talk to you about today that is going to feel weird for me because i'm part of clg so i'm going to give a lot of props to g2 and what carlos have been doing um because it's uh he is pretty awesome he's uh he's a funny he's a funny one he's a fiery person and and we like it. So l- let's talk about Ocelot a little bit. Uh, first of all, he's Spanish. Yes. Uh, uh, and you know that Spanish people are known for their kind of like Italians, you know, like their their temperament and their expression and emotion. And, and, and that's kind of like what Carlos is, to be yeah. quite honest. He's passionate. Ex- extremely passionate extremely outspoken um, and if you have Twitter you have to have seen at some point something about us a lot because he likes to play with that Twitter world and that like kind of entertainment and he does it so well whether it's to say like crazy things like to encourage and boost his ego and his team's egos and we know it's kind of sarcasm but it still works in a way yeah, yeah. or the opposite kind of like a couple of weeks ago he just mentioned he was a teamless and he was looking for a new org because his team lost <laughs> you know but it's <laughs> hilarious because obviously he's not gonna <laughs> leave g2 so he just plays around um do you have a lot of people like that on your Twitter? Because I know you're you also pretty vocal on Twitter. Yeah,
0: like I like that. I, I like when people just joke around. Twitter used to be a place for jokes. Uh-huh. Like in the beginning, Twitter was a fun place to be. It's not as much anymore. Um, it's like overly serious and everyone's angry. And now <laughs> I really enjoy when people
1: still have fun with it and, you
0: know, just be silly. And he's one of those.
1: He is, uh, you know that if you follow him, is full of sass. Like I'm gonna open his Twitter right now, and I think it's just like today's profile is a picture of, of him as if he was running for president of, I think of Spain or something. He like he's always kind of uh, playing around, and in his description today, okay, in the date of Friday, December twenty twenty. Um, he has 93 97.3 percent of the tweets in this account should be taken lightly you know that's some descriptions so i think it's hilarious um, awesome so a couple of things i want to i want to drill you with a couple of facts about carlos right away first of all did you know that carlos was the first esports pro uh turned millionaire no that's a big achievement that's a big achievement, but I I had to dig a little bit because I thought that was fatality, which we might I talk about. I thought it was about. fatality as well. Yeah, but uh, when I when I when I dug, um, first of all, you know, nobody ever contested that he wasn't the first uh, millionaire, so it's possible that maybe
0: <laughs> he wasn't. Else is. Yeah. But
1: I think it's by salaries earning uh, that's where he based that from. Because fatality in from salaries as well as esports tournament earning as far as we know is close to half a million dollars. Um, Really early, like in the latest, in the late 2000, early 2010s, that's where he made most of his money. And then he started around that time as well, Fatality Gaming, and then uh pretty much, I think probably became a millionaire from his company. But the wow. difference here with Ocelot wow. that I understand after my research is that Ocelot, was paid about a million dollars in salaries um wow early at the end (laughs) at some point in his career so he was probably the first millionaire from like just a salary a contract in earnings while um fatality was from his business ventures. So that's how Mm. I understood it. So that's my little, little asterisk on that quote. Okay?
0: Fatality is listening, being like, wait a minute.
1: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And when I dug, obviously now there's a lot of esports millionaires, especially with Dota 2 having like just their prize pool being so crazy. But Carlos is one of the first, and one of the first to be vocal about uh, about that kind of stuff which right now there's still a lot of of hidden you know contracts and we don't know how right, much right, the players right. are making and stuff it's not like yeah in sports. or like
0: sponsors or
1: yeah yeah um so i don't know since all along you've known about oslo i think you did an a interview yeah I, it, I
0: interviewed him i can't remember i was trying to think about it like i may have interviewed him with bleacher report i gotta think back it's been like four years so
1: yeah, yeah. so I was looking at how far Ocelot's career as least known in eSports was. And I think his first professional uh, contract was about 10 years ago, but he was there before that. So he was um, playing CSGO. He was playing World of Warcraft. um, And then he was signed for the first time as a League of Legends player about, I think, 2010s. So I'm saying he's old school, but in a way, he's. There's like a couple of generations, right? In esports, he's in one of the early ones. Uh, Ten years is a long time to be in esports, but he he started after me. So that's why I saw him. I saw his progression a little bit because, you know, you've been around for so long. You know, everyone, you see a new face and, you know, you get to know him a little bit. A better so it's definitely not the ocelot that we know today that started 10 years ago at least uh over a little bit of a, a decade ago so it is a coming of age story that's super super interesting uh and if you don't still don't know about who i'm talking about right now you might have seen a spanish player playing league of legend with a scarf yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know he has yeah. over a a, a hundred scarves that he Does uses. Does he really yeah <laughs> it I is so that. european for me it's I like it's ella european and i love it i love scarves i'm someone that has a lot of summer scarves winter scarves obviously i'm from canada so um you need that for the brisk weather yeah exactly yeah i, I was melt pretty a scarf here <laughs> you don't you know in la i use summer scarf a lot I can't, I mean, it can't. It mean because at be night, nice. I I hate having like the wind on my neck. I
0: mm-hmm. just hate
1: it. Yeah, yeah. So I like this little summer scarf to make me She's feel just, like mm, yes, yeah. little ascot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I feel that's how Asla is because it's at fancy. every tournament, he has a jersey with a summer scarf um, to protect this part of his neck. So it's very European. Interesting. Yes. I like it. It's a very lot. good. It's very
0: good for you. Like I, my acupuncturist always tells me to wear a scarf because letting the cool wind hit your your neck isn't supposed to be very good for you. I
1: guess. Damn, there it is. Oslo so and I are <laughs> visionaries. <Healthy>. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or LT. <healthy. laughs> yeah. Healthy I was pretty, visionaries. We were pretty lucky with this um, this topic today, Michelle, because there were so many interviews of ocelots. Oh, and with the technology that we have today, Chrome Translate, even the Spanish interviews or the German interviews, I was able to kind of dig in and and look at it. So I'm gonna reference a lot of uh, interviews today that are not in my original language, but I use the little Chrome Translate. translate? Yes. I did the same thing with Kuguri. Okay. we okay, not, correct. I was like, this
0: is all in South Korea and I have no idea yeah 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 google okay, translate right. is very much helping the game diaries podcast right <laughs> yes we could
1: not have done this 10 years ago without that. yeah <laughs> at all okay <laughs> so one of the interviews that i found a lot of it are like older than five years too so uh it's very fun to be able to dig in into these archives because he's been around for a long time um so on cuatro.com that's one of the spanish website that i used um he talked about how good he was at CS:GO, but you're going to be so happy to hear about this Michelle. Uh he actually was really good at World Warcraft. So good that Ooh. he played in the BlizzCon finals in 2009 in LA. Oh wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Yes. So he was he
0: was uh, arena or was he like rated? Yes, raiding?
1: 3v3. So I yes. have it. So if you see my screen is probably watched him. It's cuz I opened Wikipedia right here. I just oh, wanted is... to make sure I, I didn't mess it up, but he uh, was actually playing three v three at BlizzCon 2009. Dang, dang! Um,
0: so I think Do you he know was... the name of what his threes team was called.
1: So his team name in 2009 was called Wah, WOAH. W O A H, and it was composed of a German player and two Spanish players. So Inflame, Kai, and Ocelot, and it wasn't the only spanish team there there's two spanish team x intense uh for those who might have known they were pretty big in cs um so out of the top eight teams in the world two of them were spanish um wow. and he was on one of them and uh that team seemed to have been uh orgless. so it seemed like it was just like a, a team that played together for the event but it, it's kind of insane to think about how he started with that uh his pro career was that how his pro career started was kind of arena was warcraft kind of 3's? yeah because i think he would have stuck to that but you know i don't know if you remember then you know world of warcraft was definitely there but it wasn't like a top game it wasn't mm-hmm. you know pros in world of Warcraft are not it's never been killing like top it esport
0: yeah exactly yeah it's it not was like just they make like, tons of
1: money from it it yeah. felt like Blizzard and, and, and World of Warcraft just wanted to kind of create a little side tournament about their stuff, yeah, right?
0: something kind of fun, right? They had yeah. StarCraft.
1: It was yeah. fun. I loved watching those, but it wasn't so like a priority, right? So he, the same year, in 2009, the beta of League of Legends came out. And um, mm. I don't know if you remember these days, but every everyone in esports jumped into... The League yeah. of Legend beta. So I have a League of Legends beta account. Like everyone was just wanted to be in because we all played Dota 2. Well, Dota, not Dota 2. Yeah. We all played Dota, but on Which the was Warcraft, basically Warcraft. Yeah, yeah you know, on the Warcraft all was. game, we played Dota All-Star. So he pretty much got the League of Legends beta. We all knew that this was gonna be the superior game, so we all got it right away early on it's interesting though right like that warcraft sort of
0: like created this opportunity for a whole other esports generation to exist even though warcraft never really became a major esport but its existence laid the groundwork for esports for mobas like they never existed before dota all-stars was in warcraft two and three just wild
1: yeah i think that warcraft 3 at some point was more popular than starcraft or i don't i wouldn't say more popular i wouldn't say more popular but they were they there were big warcraft 3 tournaments because i remember wcg uh world cyber games in korea had a world tournament for warcraft and at the time there wasn't starcraft but maybe i'm wrong guys Let me know in the comments, this is all coming out of my memory and I'm not torn the historian, so sometimes I make some mistakes.
0: (laughs) Torrin the historian.
1: Yeah, he would not make that mistake, he would know, exactly. But I do remember I played Warcraft 3 in 2005 on a TV show as like the top single player- That's so funny. Game, strategy game at the time, so I assume it was bigger at some point, at least in North America, than Starcraft. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, all yeah. That's all I remember. <laughs> Makes sense. I liked it, by the way. I liked it because you had an hero you could control, and I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At that time, were you playing the the Dota
0: part of it, or were you playing like, just oh, yeah. straight RTS?
1: No, I never played straight RTS, but in that show, I had to learn real quick, real fast. <laughs> but uh, I've always only played Dota, and then later, league of legend i've actually never played dota 2 which is i haven't is very either, interesting in full disclosure I yeah either yeah it looks really hard it's yeah it looks really hard and that's
0: very
1: difficult but, but i don't know why people as soon as they were done playing cs we would jump in a dota game it was like part of our culture and i do feel that ocelot uh, and as well as WoW, we were all playing Dota, WoW, and CS. And I feel that Oslo was part of that mm-hmm. culture in 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 Europe because he played um, CS. He mentioned CS a lot, and he says, you know, he was s- sort of a pro in WoW, and then jumped into the Beta of League. But at the time, you know, we couldn't make money out of esports. Let's be real. Then it was not yeah. like it was today. We're talking two thousand and nine, two thousand and ten. So. When the beta came out, Carlos quit the scene for a little bit to finish his studies. At the time, he was studying economics. But he came back in 2010 um, because he got signed by a team, a Spanish team called Dimigio. Dimigio. Okay. I, I feel that. If I was Spanish, I would say Dimigio. Or <laughs> hola, hablo espanol. Creo que el nombre de la... Equipo de Coros es Timigillo. Okay, I got it. I think it's Wow Timigillo. You just spoke like a whole other
0: language. Like how many languages can you speak? Like, I barely understand. Barely one.
1: Barely one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and for those who know about esports, SK Gaming from the early 2000s, Um, I think, yeah, the early 2000s. thousand. I'm trying to remember exactly when they were born, but yeah, the early two thousands uh, was the biggest team in the world. It, yes. SK Gaming was what G two is today, I guess. You know, it was everything yeah. that SK touched was gold. They had their own social media. You wanted to create a profile on SK Gaming website because that's how you scouted teams, players. Like there was a database on the skgaming.com website for all the tournaments that was across the world, the results. Like it was a mix of like esports earnings, Wikipedia, um Facebook, Twitter, all into that website. So SK Gaming's website almost 20 years ago was worth millions already. Which wow. we can talk about the downfall of SK Gaming at some point. Not that they're not relevant anymore, but it's definitely not the empire that it was then in esports um i was on sk gaming from 2005 at the end of it until 2010 so carlos carlos joined sk gaming close if not about when i left so we kind of like cross path and i think that's why i started like hearing about him because he joined sk and at the time i started my own org and then we kind of like met over there Not really met, but like you know what I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, aware of each other, yeah, yeah. So he got signed by SK in 2010, and he said in an ESL gaming interview that got out about four or five years ago, he said that League of Legends seemed to be fresh, it seemed to be like a new beginning after quote unquote, um, not his failed attempt. I don't want to put words in his mouth because he didn't say that, but you know. He kind of a little bit like what valorant people are thinking about uh coming from other right. scenes right? right he saw right. the opportunity to become the first legend in league of legend haha no pun intended uh, that's funny. <laughs> of course yeah so he thought why not so he uh about the escape gaming pickup he said i felt that could be someone important in this industry and league of legend was a wonderful tool to get there When I was asked to join SK Gaming and you deserved it, it was just a matter of time to prove it. So he was kind of unknown at the time, but he was already ready to be the confident man that we know that he is today. Let's just say that. He's very confident. Yeah. (laughs) He's very confident. And early on, that confidence was actually used in a different way because most people said that Carlos was toxic. Really? he was super loud mouth and he was even banned multiple times by riot oh my god <laughs> because of his toxicity <laughs> his what was he doing party. he was just like
0: talking mad? shit yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> and, and you know riot has been one of the first like as far as i can remember now uh, more and more companies and tournament organizers have respect and honor as part of their rules but in mm-hmm. 2010 mm-hmm. at the beginning um honestly you could say whatever you wanted and yeah. you would have absolutely no repercussion but um Ryan at some point said no they said yeah. like you, you you can't do whatever you want we're trying to be a real business here we're trying to have professionalism so you can't just like say things S- like that pop off yeah and he get banned and he said in an interview with ESPN, if I fucked up, then I fucked up. I couldn't go back, but the best thing I could do is not fuck up. What's the second thing I could do? Well, learn and move on. You know, so he was kind of that way. Even though he got banned and whatnot, um, he would stay around and, and learn and, and be better, even if it took him a little bit to understand that. So, part of SK Gaming, I think that he was really the fire that drove SK Gaming's success as well as in the game, but outside the game. He was, he really realized super early that his personality and drive was earning him a lot because thousands and thousands of people were watching him and wanting to watch him after, you know, all the drama that he would put out. In a German uh, business insider interview, this is one of the ones that I had to uh, use the Tres- Chrome translate. <laughs> Tres- <laughs> he is quoted so yeah. in ancient Rome. I would have been a gladiator. Oh, my God. Because I love to entertain people. And I think that's hilarious because he's kind of small. Um, so I- <laughs> it makes me laugh to say that he's funny. With, uh, well, he's not small, but he's not like, you a know, a basketball. A yeah, yeah. <laughs> WWE wrestler. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but he was always an entertainer at, at heart. Uh, and he, even in his childhood memories, again, in ESPN, he mentioned how he was the clown who got kicked out of class. But he would see his teacher kind of like smirking, although he would get expelled from the classroom. Oh, my God. So he was always, always being super intense. And you know what? Already in 2014, in an interview with the Spanish Network, Telecinco, he said, he was he claimed that he was already making half a million dollars from merch sales and streams alone. Oh, wow. Not even salary, tournament earning, and whatnot, just from his fiery personality. Wow. And I think that's in 2014, I think that the streaming network was completely different. I mean, yeah. I mean, a killing on streaming because we were like not a lot of people and, and the numbers were.
0: Right. inflated
1: like everything was crazy but um to be making that on merch and streams alone in 2014 is quite impressive it's insane
0: yeah that's a lot of money
1: yeah so he caught the key esports dynamic very early on in his career um and and for him what made esports was just not the action it was everything um around it from that article esports dash News.co.uk, so a website in in the UK. Aside from the action, it's really the players, the storyline, the rivalries, and the character development. While at SK, he understood the importance of having rivals and mm-hmm. bringing drama to the game. Michelle, I don't know if you've seen that video before, but one of the best-known moments in the League of Legends history was the 2013 incident in Poland at Katowice, Against fanatic Enrique Xpeke Cenino Martinez, one of the most rivalry, most famous rivalry against Carlos. Have you seen that before?
0: I have not. No. Okay. What happens?
1: Uh, we have to watch it. So I'm gonna just uh, get it right now. <laughs> it's important. It's it's a, okay. it's a okay. history okay. moment. Um, so for those who are watching this at home, let me just show you real quick. So, Michelle, I don't know if you've heard, uh, first of all, like, the the Justin wong Dago video uh, where there's a crazy comeback. So, there, the, there's some moment in esports you have to have watched. Like, that's just, like, that's just some movies in the world you have to have yeah. seen in esports. This video is one of them. In League of Legends, the goal is to destroy someone else's base, uh, the opponent's team base, and whoever destroys it first uh, wins. There's a concept called backdoor where you're ahead in in a in a game but one of the characters try to finish the opponent's tower first. And that's yeah. kind of a, like a, a crazy moment that barely ever happens. It's 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 quite spectacular and, and <laughs> usually pro teams don't get backdoored. Right. Well, this, right. Yeah. <laughs> this is at Intel Extreme Masters We'd say At the time and this is a bigger tournament than than the world's event and this is SK Gaming versus Fnatic two of the biggest team in the world that honestly have a rivalry in CSGO in like so many games this was XPK versus Ocelot which is already like a huge drama and uh you know what let's let's press play tell me when you're ready so what you see here is that sk is in the lead and is trying to finish and then xpk who's almost dead is in the base of sk gaming and he's dodging every single attack
0: oh my god
1: and he's backdooring and finishing oh
0: my god and you, you just we have the, to leave the it there
1: because look at the reaction of the players i oh my god i haven't seen that league of legend hype in a long time like league of Legend is more quiet now they win they stand up they, they bow look but look oh osla god. here is how crying. is he on that core like that and not being killed even
0: by the core itself oh my god oslo is wow.
1: crying this is one of the biggest moment in esports. it was in front of thousands and thousands of spectators in the crowd um Oh, I have wow. shivers just looking wow. at this. Yeah. Oh, anyway. Holy cow. So, XPK's team won that. And at the time, XPK was kind of like the preppy boy. um And Ocelot was the bad boy, right? And uh well, as far as I remember, that's how it was a little bit then. So, to see that Ocelot was heartbroken, vulnerable, like, Eskigimi is not happy and i don't know
0: this is just
1: when looking back this is for me like top top five eastwards moment definitely that's really amazing there's over a million point five views on that clip alone so imagine like all the other clips and whatnot like this was a very famous moment i feel so good when you're able to pull that off yeah
0: especially in a pro game like i did that for heroes of the storm we did like a like a launch event thing. And it was the only time I've ever played on stage. And one of the guys on our team, Sohinki, he backdoored and on Apather and he, <laughs> he basically won the game for us. Like we just kind of held the attention in the middle and he was just going and doing it. And it was amazing. Cause we were down by, I think like three points or something for sure. thought we were going to lose and, um, that backdoor saved us like, but it's in, Im- I mean, it's such a rare feat to pull off, especially with people who know what they're doing. Like, I'm not surprised you could pull it off on the like level we were playing, but like on a world stage like this at IEM Katowice, yes. which is one of the biggest tournaments ever. Like, especially at the time, it's pretty amazing. And the thing is that uh, XPK
1: was also Spanish, um, so right, it was Acelot, like, like, yeah, it was so, so the rivalry huge. was just like yeah, really intense and yeah. And the Spanish uh, community calls that moment uh, the El Clasico. So if you're from Spain and you hear about El the Classico. esports moment El Clasico, it's referred to an XPK backdoored ocelot. Um, like I don't even think we call that moment fanatic backdoored like SK. It's, it's it was just like the mountain of all the drama coming into that moment. Uh, it, it, was, it was quite impressive. Yeah. And wow. And, and, you know, when he gets asked about this moment, can you imagine in interviews and stuff always getting asked about this moment? that oh, he God. said to ESPN, I know exactly what I would do differently. Trust me, I've played that through my head a thousand times. And that oh, was yeah. like an interview about five years ago. So I can't even imagine now. Um, but he probably still gets asked about it. Yeah, all the time. Yeah. Probably a very important time in his career because then after that, XPK would go on and form his own organization that you might have heard of. It's called Origin. And Carlos would leave SK later that year to form his own as well called Gamers 2, now known as G2. So that was a crucial moment for both players' career. And at the time, if you looked at both teams, Origin and and G2, because of XPK's kind of crazy moment you would think that um you know he had a little bit of an edge maybe in starting his own organization but like you know if you had to bet on an ORS, maybe you would have bet on 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 origin but if you look back if you look at it now in retrospective holy moly carlos um has been killing it yeah. in his new uh role since 2011 and 12 Yeah, okay, so this was 2013, and he went on to leave SK and launch Gamers 2 uh, at the end of it by 2014. Amazing. And this was just the beginning for Carlos, because in 2014, he met the former ESL CEO, Jens Hilgers, um, who invited Carlos to speak at an event in Barcelona in 2014. Casually in a conversation, Carlos mentioned that he wanted to start his own team. He's just like, ah, I want to start my own team, blah blah blah. Uh, and and I think that in 2020, I'm not quite sure what that means, but back then, players didn't really want to venture. They were just really wanted to get signed and play. Uh, there was right. not a lot of businessmen and women. Let's be real. Right. But turns right. out, Jens also wanted to start his own. Um, his own org. So he was like, you know, he was a German serial entrepreneur and he founded uh, Bitcraft Venture, world's first and only esports VC. And he also, yes, the largest esports tournament production and marketing company. Um, So he was doing a lot of those and he got very interested. The Jen's bio on LinkedIn is building companies and making ideas become reality is what I really love outstanding user experience agility transparency sustainability are the core principle of my daily work i am a creative thinker, problem solver, and quick learner i team up with ambitious and smart people of upright character um let me just dm a uh, mr jens ilgers real quick michelle so <laughs> i can start are you smart yeah. and, he gets and, it and, yeah he seems quite an awesome human um yeah. so He saw how ambitious Carlos described himself and he wanted him. So he Mm -hmm. helped him out Um, again in a 2015 interview with ESL Gaming. Carlos described the regimented lifestyle that keeps in focus. Starting the quotation, he likes reading books, waking up early, going to bed early, running, playing football, paddle, taking a dip in the swimming pool, meditating, have a really healthy life. I don't really go out and party, but when I do, I assure you it's unforgettable. More than quantity, <laughs> I've started to search for quality in my life. Nice. Nice. That was in 2015. Can you imagine how avant-garde he was for an esports person? Oh, he, yeah, that's like when
0: everyone was just trying to figure it out, like yeah. and he had already figured it
1: out. Yeah. Yeah. Um and and he has this kind of mentality even in the game, right? So Um, In the same quarter interview that I talked to you about first entering during this uh, this story Carlos his kind of he knows he's not necessarily the best one in the server when he comes in But he focuses on being the best one in the server So he tells himself I'm the best one in the server Nobody can beat me even if the stats shows otherwise And he thinks that's a necessary to win to know yeah. that you are the best, even if you're not the best. To think that you're the best, even if you're not the best. Because you have confidence. to have that confidence. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I always think about how you need to respect your opponents and whatnot. And I think that was actually a problem in my career when I started respecting my opponents too much. <laughs> um, and I kind of oh, agree funny. with them. You should always see people as like, you're better doesn't matter if you're losing right now. You'll win this game, you know, because um, sportsmanship or whatever. Yeah, as long as you respect the opponent, as in like the, your words and in your 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 outside of the game. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, but in the game, you should always think you're the best. I think hundred percent. And you should always yeah. focus on being the best.
0: Otherwise, uh, you're never going to be the best. Right? Yes, I
1: mean, I, and and I think that's something that. Too often um when you're saying we should respect everyone, we should treat everyone the same, you sometimes lose that that thought, yeah passion of like I'm mm-hmm. the shit.
0: <laughs> Which you need. I mean, and that's what's so enigmatic about him, right? Yeah. Like that's what draws people to him is that passion and that confidence that he's yeah.
1: got. And the hashtag g 2 Army is that. It's founded on self-confidence that is like a thin line between self-confidence and cockiness. But the way he creates that thin line for me when I look at it is that it's it's his ability to also laugh at himself. Yeah. Like he's not just cocky and then kind of upset when he loses. He's cocky and when he loses, he'll laugh at himself.
0: Right. He's not an asshole. Yeah, yeah. He, or maybe he's just, like, grown up and learned from back in the days when he was maybe. banned all the time. <laughs> You're right. He's like, maybe I need to
1: calm it down a little. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at my notes, and I found a couple of, of Twitter posts where, just, like I mentioned, uh, like a month ago, he declared himself as a free agent. And he got, <laughs> like, thousands of likes on his Twitter so about laughing at his quote-unquote failure um it's not a failure i I hate to that's why i say quote-unquote failure about losing it's not a failure to lose but it's the only word i could think about (laughs) as a competitor at the moment um but he um he he laughs about it all the time but he also as in his his bios you might see it left and right he'll mention how g2 is the greatest esports organization in the world by like miles you know so he'll like also have this cockiness everywhere and he won the personality of the year in 2020 at the eSports Awards. Did you know that? Oh, I did not know that. I didn't see the uh, eSports Awards winners. That's so awesome. he won he it. personality of the year this year at the eSports Awards. And he won team of the years at the game award. 2020 yep. for him is like everyone, everyone is like not okay. And he's here winning awards. Bam, bam, yeah. bam. <laughs> he's like, 2020 he's like, was like, yeah, amazing. whatever 2020. I loved it. <laughs> Carlos told Evan Global last year that I've maintained that glutter mindset, whether that be through winning, streaming, doing great plays, lineup changes that nobody expects. And he says also for content pieces, we always intend to break the norm with the kind of video that we create. And then I have to say that this year with their League of Legends lineup changes, they're announcement videos were quite impressive (laughs) because i I don't know how they pull it off you know i work with clg and well i know how they pull it off but it requires time money and like a turnaround of of we're not talking days we're talking hours so they're they're um they're quite impressive they seem to have the backing because recently forbes listed them as the eighth most valuable esports organization in the world wow um wow. and despite bringing just under 30 20 million the org is valued at 175 million dollars
0: damn
1: that's insane that's insane, a that's, wow.
0: insane. <laughs> that's a lot of money
1: holy cow and let wow. me let me just add up on top of that just so that you can like say like oh my god What have we done with our life? Is that in late 2019, Alibaba co-founder and billionaire Joseph Tsai. So for those who don't know Alibaba, biggest company in China. They own pretty much everything. Uh, If you use an app like Wish and whatnot, this is all Alibaba. Uh, So he invested 10 million to G2, allowing them to open a New York office. So I don't know if you saw that news, but um, he. I feel that Oslo is kind of wanting to live the American dream a little bit because he wants a New York office. He wants to take on that city. He thinks that um, he he can't believe how no org has claimed New York and everyone is kind of in LA and San Francisco or Dallas. It's true. Uh, I have to say that technically CLG has uh, has a New York office. And uh, I think he mentions that in his uh, press release because I remember reading that. But he says that we haven't pushed it the way he wants to push it. So he really is thinking that he wants to own New York. Um, So uh, bring it, Carlos. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait. Yes, do it. New rivalry, new rivalry. New rivalry (laughs) with CLG in NA. (laughs) So Rodriguez obviously like the idea of taking on New York. He says, I like high energy. Uh, like high octane, morning, Monday morning, bam, bam, bam. Everybody's working. Yeah,
0: that's New York's the place
1: for him. New York, exactly. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> he often reflects as a player, and he thinks, you know, Some he, he's a very aggressive player, and it looks like that's how he is as a businessman as well. He says that sometimes he might even be too much aggressive or mindless aggressive in his event global interview, but I think that's how he envisioned his content creation. He writes, that's how I envision brand partnership, chairing the ownership group, raising aggressive capital. I'm super aggressive. I find it interesting. I think in the moment in eSports, it's probably the way to go. And from what we're watching and seeing, it seems like it's working. For me, I always say in the eSports world, one year is like 10 in sports in yeah. one year like think about it a year ago where we were obviously covid has changed a lot of things but we're talking about Ocelot 5 years ago as if it was 20 30 years ago yeah. right in in any other happened. industries but it yeah. just happened 5 years ago is like yesterday in any other in- industry but in so esports and online it's not like it's literally decades so the way he's doing his ventures for me is really respectable and that's how i always say like you wait six months in esports and you're already out uh you kind of have to do things yeah it moves so fast uh in 2016 carlos became a father oh yes baby asked a lot baby asked a lot and uh in my research i couldn't find much about his family but i actually know his girlfriend Uh, Or wife, it's his wife, because she used to be a Counter Strike player. Her name is Princess, and we played Uh against each other at tournament multiple times in France, because she was part of some French teams. If not, represented France quite a lot. Um, So it's it's very awesome to see kind of sometime glimpse of like a two pros get together. That's cute. Yeah, she has since retired, as far as I know, uh, from gaming i think she was part of the cs go or cs french community for very little time and then she met carlos and then they started a family so it all kind of became kind of quick Aww. um but yeah so that that's not in interviews but i know that personally so i wanted to share it uh they, he seemed to be really private with his life and her as well they don't post much uh which in a world where you know you're a millionaire you're married to a millionaire You probably are doing whatever you want. Uh, I kind of find it extremely respectable um, because, well, I don't know if respectable is the right way. I find it really cool um, that they keep that personal private life. Although Carlos is super vocal, is everyone social, you know, he stays. um, He's in his brand, though. Like he stays within that like
0: box of it, you know, instead of sharing all the rest of it. Yeah, I, yeah, it's it's hard to do and it's really respectable that yeah. he's able to pull that off.
1: <laughs> That's really, really awesome. And uh, in an interview with Unicorn in 2016, so as, as you can see, we're, we're moving up in his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said that in G2, we strive to reg- religiously follow our core principles, regardless of the situations. These are values we use to answer all the questions that occurs in our day to day. And due to the youth nature, of the industry of esports it's almost impossible to foresee what what's coming up next so it's a little bit what mm-hmm. we were talking about um mm-hmm. for that reason the only way to be able to act with consistency is by following these values They act like mm-hmm. a map for us and you know mm-hmm. what so i've been in um esports for soon two decades um yeah. and i've seen orgs fall and come and even while working at CLG right now, I think this is this tip of advice is priceless. This is something that we're actually currently working on. Without a little bit too much making it about CLG, having these core values and not caring about anything else is what allows you in that fast-turning world that, like you mentioned, like everything, like one day the next day people do things. Everyone want to pivots. New game comes out, it goes crazy, mm-hmm. like. The problem is if you follow that wave, you're always behind. Yep. You're always behind because you're trying to catch up that wave Mm -hmm. all the time. So you have to have your own North Star that tells you, here's what my values, here's what I'm trying to do. And even if there's a crazy wave out there if i try to catch it i'll be too late anyway so let yep. me focus on the things that i care about and i think matters for me and in the end i might reach an even bigger wave because i'll be ahead yep. when it comes yep it's yep. surf it's legit so true. surf
0: it's so true yep.
1: so if you're listening and you're thinking about that for your own brand and your own org this is a priceless advice for esports yeah. because unfortunately you only realize that when you're missing the wave
0: that's so true i think that's what we've seen over the years right like when this influx of money is coming in it's all chasing wherever and that's why i think we see a lot of things like get a ton of money thrown at it and then fail because and we've seen that time and again from like that uh that direct tv tournament that we talked about dj wheat to like Up to now, like you see people throw giant amounts of money at it and then, but they're playing from behind and the, and by the time they catch up, it's changed, it's over. Mm -hmm. Um, So yeah, it's great advice. I mean, I, I mean, I see you doing it. Like, I think the way that CLG really, um, it seems like you guys are really leading with like talking about diversity and having like those conversations. That's something that I don't see everybody doing. um, And I think you guys are kind of like at the top of that, like from just from my point of view. Maybe yeah. it's just because I talk to you all the time, but like I do feel though that you guys are like on the top of that wave, like pushing those programs.
1: I think we are. Side note, personal note: if you're here about Oslo, I have to talk just a little bit about um, my 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 stuff right now. But yeah, please. Um, I think that we were that org um, when I joined or before I joined. Um, we changed a lot. We got bought by MSG. You know, we had to realign. Everything kind of is is moving. The pieces are all moving apart. Uh, are all moving. And I think we were that kind of person. Like people we were, right? We were trying to catch that wave that was already like other people were surfing. And and throughout the year, with a lot of the initiatives that I I started, as well as the new management, um, we are thinking kind of that. That a hey, what is our wave what do we care about and that is right. diversity uh charity making a difference educating uh youth and we are jumping into it at Zon. um mm-hmm. so that's going to be our wave so we'll see where that yeah. goes in a couple of years but um you guys are on the top of that wave you know like you're riding that like there are <laughs>
0: our people who will be catching up to that and being like oh whoa, we're behind you know but it's and important it, though, yeah. to set that standard
1: I think so, and I think that we realized that it didn't matter if we didn't have the biggest influencer. It didn't matter if we didn't have no. X, Y, Z. Um, and in and, and you know, I I am circling back to G two because it fits right where I'm at with this diary the diary entry. But um, he's also sees himself as a far figure. Uh, yes, he's a businesswoman, but he can make himself available at all, all the time. He, businessman or businesswoman? Oh, I said businesswoman. Oh my God. <laughs> see, I see myself in him so much that he became a businesswoman. He's a businessman. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he gets called sometimes at 2 a.m. some players and he, they talk about problems and whatnot. But uh, for him, it's about his core values, like we said, but of, but of entertainment, you yeah. know? And he always teaches his players that because it's a fan central culture. Even if you win, you need to cultivate these fans. That's the reason why we get paid is you win and then you entertain, you have fans and well, not. But if you yeah. lose, you have nothing else if you don't have the entertainment. True. You don't have the entertainment and you lose. You don't have the fans. You don't have the support. You just How lose you and you moving. lose on everything. Yep. Um, so he explains that a lot in business insider an article that came out recently it shouldn't depend on if you finish first or third sometimes you will win sometimes you will lose but you always have to entertain no matter what winning or losing Mm -hmm. uh and also in dot esports on the same topic he's quoted saying the growth of the industry goes end and end with my goals to make G2 the most accomplished, yeah, we want to win, but entertainment media company in competitive video games. And that's where I want to circle back with what I said about, about CLG is that one of the problem is that as soon as you start losing, CLG started losing in 2020 in League of Legends, although we've had a tremendous like history of, of winning, 2020 we start losing and then you become irrelevant in like one, right. one clap of hands. Yeah. People don't remember last seasons. People don't remember mm-hmm. your achievements. It's not like sports. Esports is not like sports. You right. can't ride the dynasty without the entertainment. You can't sell tickets locally to a stadium, even if you're last. Uh, and I'm mm-hmm. thinking that, I'm looking and thinking about like for, for example, Toronto Maple Leafs and a Canadian Montreal, which are two of the most expensive NHL hockey franchise. And they were so bad for so many years and they still sold out tickets almost every game. Esports is not like that. You will no. lose your yeah. fan almost instantly if you don't create another value for them to like you.
0: Yeah, like um, I'm from Washington State and you know, although the Mariners, the baseball team were always a big deal. The Seahawks were not always a big deal with football. Like people did not care. Like I never went to a Seahawks game my whole life. And I went to college in Seattle and grew up in Washington and we watched football growing up, but no one cared about the Seahawks. (laughs) They always lost. It didn't matter. But then you know, it changed, you know, they got a new stadium, they got different players, like it became more of an experience for the fans to be a part of, you know, Um, and now the player, now the the fans like consider themselves, you know, a, a player almost mm-hmm. of the team, like, mm-hmm. you know, Seattle's fandom is like through the roof now because they built out that like that entertainment around their league, which they didn't really have before. Like the Mariners kind of did because they had like, the Griffey legacies and stuff. And Alex Rodriguez was on the team at one point, but then when, when, when the Seahawks got some real star players and really like, you know, went all in with like the community, you know, having the players show up at like children's hospitals and do a lot of community service and connect with the, with the fans. That's when the Seahawks became hugely successful.
1: It's so true. And, uh, I'm, you know, I'm with the MSG, MSG the Madison Square Garden. We have the Knicks and the Rangers. Like, it mm-hmm. doesn't matter where the the Knicks are on the ranks. It doesn't matter where the Rangers are on the on the ranks. Of course, it helps if they're winning, but right. there's so much more to that. And I think that in esports, uh, it's very recent that we're thinking about it that way. Before, it was excellence first, then right. everything else. You know, how many orgs and teams did I hear? We want the best. We don't want just any team. But I think it doesn't, yeah. it's not as important anymore. It's about, yeah, the winning mentality is important. Like, try, sure. striving to be the best and having the resources to be the best. But like he said, you will lose. There's no way you won't lose at some point. Like, dynasties yeah. that never lose don't exist. It's not true. Yep. You will lose at some point. So you have yep. to have. A strong foundation to make it better. It's a big argument too for like
0: it it makes sense of why content creators are so important within that scene yeah. because you you really do build out the the fandom of the team itself. Because even though even if the content creators don't play uh like professionally, they are building up the fandom for the yeah. players themselves.
1: Yeah. It's interesting. I feel that. I don't know if you follow Valorant at all, but do you know the streamer Myth? I don't. Oh no, okay. I've heard of Myth before. Okay. yeah. yeah.
0: So, he was Mitt, big in Fortnite, right?
1: Yeah, so Myth is a Fortnite yeah, yeah. player. Uh he's huge on Twitch and the the TS he's from TSM, um uh, which is considered that four article I was talking to you about where uh, yeah. G2 was eighth, TSM is first according Dang, to that article. Yeah. So, he's part of TSM and uh he created this persona where he watches the tsm valorant team play and he's coach smith and he just watches the tournament restreams then and he just sits there and pretends to be a coach and that's that created like the biggest hype for the valorant uh competitive team in uh, that tsm is around like people watch the the Coach Schmidt experience and, and like That's TSM fun. successfully did that. And I think even created some hype around Valorant in NA just from like the Coach Schmidt kind of yeah, yeah. stuff. So um, bringing in a Fortnite audience. Yeah. Exactly. So mm-hmm. I think that it's, it's so important to think about these kind of things. Yeah. It's, it's quite yeah. awesome. And I'm super involved into like these kind of experience. And um, ultimately, like Callus always says that he sees G2 as a startup. Um, he shared with Dot is sports that is fulfillment and his job comes from being a constant state of growth. Um, every time some, something goes wrong, we pivot, pivot and double down. Every time something goes right, we double down anyway and try to keep that momentum, get keep that momentum moving. up. And he says there is never a time for relaxation where we get to enjoy uh, enjoy a job well done, which I think is hilarious because it's not sustainable. But, uh, no, it's not. But it's you should enjoy it. Yeah. So, you know, what can I say about that? Such a
0: hard industry. Everyone is so hard on themselves. It, like, literally, it, I, I've been in a lot of different fields in my life, though, at this point. And, and I got to say, esports, even compared to like acting and entertainment, esports is so hard on itself. Like, it is super the players hard. are hard on themselves, the coaches, like, everybody just. It there, it just doesn't feel like there is a moment to really take it all in, you know.
1: I totally agree. Yeah. You and guys in, are hard on yourselves. Yes. And and in Carlos, um I and butchering his name. I if you're listening to this Car- Carlos at some point, I hope that maybe I, I had to pronounce it Car- Carlos. Carlos. Carlos Carlos. <laughs> But uh, we talked about Valorant. They just picked up a Valorant team, well earlier this week, this year, not just picked up, but um, they're called the best League of Legends team in Europe according to Sky Sports, even after their run of Worlds. And they picked up their seventh EU title by beating Fnatic again. Um, and Carlos thinks that Valorant will overtake CSGO. Interesting. I don't agree, I don't agree. Mm. But I do agree that Valorant is gonna have a pretty big space. If it does take CSGO, overtake CSGO, I think it's not before at least five years. I'm like, just sure. Draw- oh, yeah. I haven't played
0: Valorant yet. Oh, God. Don't worry I about it. I, I feel like I it. should try, at least know. You should like try I should, it. I've watched it, but I haven't played it. Have you played Valorant play before? It. I have, but I'm okay. not. This is just super not my kind of game. So, but, like, Valorant seems a little bit more, um, I don't know, cute. Like, there's a little bit more of
1: a cuteness to it that I like. <laughs> Am I it wrong? Is, I don't know. It is just as competitive as CS. But the thing that I found with Valorant, especially in the lower level, is that you don't need to be that great of a shooter to get kills, which, unlike okay. CS... Yes, that's the thing, is I cannot aim like that. Like, I just can't. But at the it. higher level, it's exactly like CS. Like, it's, okay. like, the skill gap is super high. But um, at the lower level... Um, Sometimes I would play with people are shooting at the ground, killing people, and I'm just like, I don't know how he's doing it. That's that wouldn't work. <laughs> yes, like that would be that. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. But it, fe- it feels like it's more forgiving.
0: Yes, yeah, so CS um, seems really
1: precise. Yeah, I
0: found it really stressful when I played. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah, and 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 Carlos loves Valorant because of that. Each character has a lore background. Um, mm-hmm. He quotes from Gigi Recon interview. He says, "We humans." Are very empathic by nature, so we want to know about these characters. And that's kind of true. Especially in Valorant, there's a lot of quotes. If you've never played it, there's a lot of like interactions between the characters are automatic. I love uh, that. Yeah. And sometimes they're creepy. Sometimes they're hella creepy. Like there's this guy, Cypher. It looks like he's kind of borderline a pedophile. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Oh God. He's not really a pedophile, but he like talks about other characters like. I took something from your home to create some camera. I hope that's okay. You know? Like, oh, wow. He's kind of like that. So it's very interesting, but um, I like it. I like it a lot. Uh, but, you know, Carlos just is someone that keeps it real, even with this Twitter bravado and chart tank business mentality. Um, the key to everything is just to be happy. Yeah. Yay. That was my Carlos Osla Rodriguez story. And like all the stories we talked about today, it's probably just the beginning for him.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's the thing with esports, man. We, we'll do this story again in like two years and he'll be at a completely different place. Like yeah. they will be, you know, he'll have taken over New
1: York hopefully at that point. <laughs> yeah, you know? uh, right? I bet, I bet. And we'll um, see that rivalry. <laughs> we'll see how CLG... Was able to fight <laughs> against Asla in the G2 takeover of New York City, uh, but no, yeah, he, it's it's quite awesome to see what he's doing at his team. Like he has one of the best CSGO team, obviously one of the best Rainbow mm-hmm. Six team now. Valorant, uh, League of Legend, he's everywhere. That's
0: awesome. That was a great story. I had there was so much about him that I just wasn't aware of. Like I know about his personality and how silly he can be, and I know about G2 obviously, but hearing like how he built it and how we got to this point was was really awesome. Thank you so much. What a great diary Yay! entry. Yeah. Thank and Thank you, guys Carlos, are, for a nice life. Carlos, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm going to wear a scarf later just in, yeah. just in his honor. Um, if you guys are listening, uh, please make sure that you subscribe um, on whatever platform you are listening on and um, go ahead and leave us a review um, or a comment. Uh, we love reading them. We read them every time. We share them. With each other on our discord we get so excited and um rate us if you can like the the stars or the the shares whatever we we love it all
1: love it all and if you have a story that you'd like to share with us remember that we are still reading listeners stories because you mm-hmm. guys have also great stories that we want to talk about some of them were giving me shivers um, yeah. so i can't wait for the first one to make me cry <laughs> so submit your stories it, uh, we, we just really want to talk about your experience as well. That's why the game diary is there. So you can submit those on the game diaries that come to submit your love letter to game Michelle, this was our last episode of 2020. Yes, it was. And we're going to be on hiatus for a
0: little bit guys, but keep, uh, keep uh, attention to social media and we'll let you know when uh, exactly we'll be coming back. So we're so excited and I um, guess Yay. we'll see you next
1: year. Yay! Bye Bye everyone! Have a nice holidays!